the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. As Bruce Willis used to say all the time in his movies, yippee-yo-ki-yay. Do you remember that, John? Was that Bruce? Well, yeah, I, I remember the full quote. But we're not going to say it here. No, right. <laughs> oh, Yippee-ki-yay. Remember. Yeah, yeah. Mom. Yes. <laughs> Yippee-yo-ki-yay. I don't know. I don't know. I we do not know this. Yippee-yo-ki-yay. I wonder who said that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was just told. Um, yes, well, welcome. This is the Bible Live. <laughs> we, uh, this is Stacy. Get us into safer yes, territory, that's right. Stacey. Uh, I'm Stacy, and uh, this, and I am not your host. Soapy is your host, and I'm uh, just well, happy to be here and tagging yeah, along. That's debatable. You, <laughs> you're the the pleasant host that everybody loves. Well, where do you like the Kelly to his Regis? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, that might be. I might Back. be that obnoxious as <laughs> My voice, I noticed right now, it's a little, um, little stressed tonight. It's a I'm not stressed. A, I'm not my best. Yeah. But I hope folks can uh, understand me if I speak slowly and deliberately. I think I can be understood, yes, I believe so. I think so. But then Stacy's going to rescue me if I don't uh, speak clearly. <laughs> uh, let me see. I, I think I'll mention it because some people may not know. Okay. It could be new listeners. They're wondering why that guy talks so funny. What What's the deal <laughs> with that guy? Um What's it been now? Eight months? Uh, Eight months? See, in February. February. So. I had I had a stroke. I was paralyzed on the right side of my yes. body. He had a and my voice quick, was Yeah. He had a hemorrhage stroke for anyone out there that is yeah. familiar with strokes and so it was not a clot, it was a hemorrhage and it and was in the basal ganglia. Sorry, I don't know if I'm a, if it's this um, HIPAA, am I doing am I yeah. violating HIPAA here, Dad? Oh, no, Sorry. I don't <laughs> think so. But um a But it's lot interesting. Of, the, yeah, the folks are very aware nowadays mm-hmm. of a, a stroke. Yeah. 
And I, I notice when I talk to audiences, I will ask how many of you have, have had somebody in the family. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people raise their hand, so they know about it. I'm, I'm wrestling my boy back best I can, yeah. my voice and so on. So, and, and the Lord's been real good. I, I feel like I'm, I come back fairly well. I'm teaching it again uh, in our ministry and um, the program here. So um, I'm I'm happy with it. I would like to improve a little bit more, mm-hmm. but um, uh, you know I just do what I can, mm-hmm. and I love to keep sharing with folks by radio and the otherwise. Uh, my, I, I've known the Lord now since I was seven years old. Mm. And uh, I've had an unusual kind of um, experience coming to Christ. I, I've had a little bit of an unusual life. Uh, there are a lot of boys like me. Uh, I'm going to tell folks about it, Stacey. Uh, (laughs) They can learn it in another way, um, reading or showing. But I thought I would tell at this juncture. uh, I was uh, born to a young woman, a 19-year-old young girl living on the Apache Reservation in southern New Mexico. Uh, She was pregnant uh, out of wedlock. Time came to give birth, so she went up to the big city of Albuquerque and gave birth to this beautiful, bouncing, genius baby boy. (laughs) That was me. (laughs) I'm exaggerating with the genius part. But anyway, (laughs) I was born. Then she abandoned me at birth. She went back to the reservation, and I never saw her again. Well, I saw her (laughs) first time. You still to this day do not know who that woman was. No, we don't. Well, I... I, You have an idea. People have... We, you know about it. Yes. We went back to the reservation in the 80s, and uh, they think they, they, know. they, think they yeah. know who it was. But at that time, she had yeah. already, who they yeah. thought that it was, she had already died, and yeah. so there was no, yeah. no way to get the story. I met her mm-hmm. sister, mm-hmm. and her sister was emphatic, yeah, you you look just like you're, you're my, my sister's son. She was pretty strong about it. But anyway, okay. uh, I, I was there in Albuquerque. Uh, and a I fortune lo- teller. Who, tell, uh, who, brought, who took you in? A 50-year-old fortune teller found me. Mm-hmm. She married. Or, t- or took you from her. We're not sure. Yeah, but yeah, or, took you yeah. She could, they, they could have been uh, collaborating in, in a little bit of what baby selling mm-hmm. uh my name is dollar after all <laughs> but 
man win for it wasn't dollar at that a, time though no. she made it dollar yeah uh anyway uh printed her name was Princess Babe Hawk <laughs> and uh, that was a, a stage name as I understand it she married five times she got me when she was separated from her uh third oh, okay. husband his name was Dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, she got a doctor friend of hers to falsify a, a, a birth certificate. She put her name, Princess ba- the sage name, Princess Babe Hawk, at my mother. Uh, and now she kept the age of the girl. She put the oh. age of 19 or Maybe interesting. 29. I did not I know that. I, I can't Something now, with but, the name. But mm-hmm. she was fifty years old at the time. But she put she liked the younger age. So I guess <laughs> at she least went to with make that. it more believable. I guess, I guess so. A fifty-year-old yeah. woman probably Didn't wouldn't be have having a, a baby. baby. Mm-hmm. Well, and she put that Frank Dollar was the father, was and so that's father, how your name is. And then Leon he named Frank. you. And Newman. she named me Newman Frank Dollar, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Newman like a new man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always thought that maybe that was prophetic, prophetic. <laughs> <that> <laughs> I was going to become a new man in Aww. Christ. But anyway, that got me going. I had the papers, and and she started taking care of me uh, for five years. She kept me. And she passed me around to uh, her daughter, her family members, uh, and I subsequently met some of them Later. when I was younger. Not not a child, but... Later I, in life, yeah. La- After. Later in mm-hmm. life, yeah. And um, she kept me, passed me around to a lot of families, uh, families, friends of hers, neighbors, co-workers... I lived with uh, 16 16 families Mm -hmm. before I was six years old. So I got passed around quite a bit. Uh, Since my name is Dollar, I've always accused her of... Passing the buck. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's it's clever. It's still funny. (laughs) Yes, I've heard that. It's still funny, Dad. Don't worry. uh, Passed around a lot. Passing the buck. And then passing the buck. And then when I was five years old, a month before I turned uh, six, Mm -hmm. uh, she she got me accepted into Cal Farley's Boys Ranch up in West Texas. Mm -hmm. And I went to live with 80 or 85 boys Mm -hmm. that were living at the Boys Ranch at this time. time. Yeah, this was the early years of Cal Farley's. This was in maybe 54, about 1954. This was in 1955. So it it still exists today, and it's a huge, big organization. But at this point, this was the early years. Cal Farley was still very much involved. Uh, And so... 85 boys. 85, wow. And uh, living on a 250-acre ranch. Wow. And we milked the cows and Mm -hmm. slopped the hogs and uh, did the cowboy thing. Now... (laughs) I was Apache Indian, but I was also a cowboy. 
And uh, so you can, that's a good lesson there. Don't limit what God can do with you, you know. I was, uh, went to the ranch and began to grow up there. We rodeoed uh, every year, even when I was small. I rode calves and Shetland Bronx and uh, did all the calf catching the calf's tail and getting the ribbon off of it and so on. But I grew up out there being uh, kind of a cowboy. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where I, I would say I would give a brand new name. The first day at the ranch, I was dropped washing off. my face and hands. Yes. I was uh, five she, years was, old. Yeah, five years old, dropped off, and I they would. were, it was right before dinner. Yeah. And so they were going, they told you we're going to take you in to go meet all the other boys, have some dinner. But before that, you need to wash, wash up. Wash your face and hands. And so they, yeah. So I washed up. And then they lined us little boys up. They kept the boys eight year old, eight years old and under. You stayed uh, in a special dorm for the small boys. children. <laughs> and um, I washed my face and hands, and but I didn't rinse very well. I was I was nervous in a new situation. A little nervous and so on, and uh, I left soap behind my ears and on my neck, and they saw that and they they, they called, called me little, soapy, a little soapy dollar, <laughs> soapy dollar. <laughs> now uh, I think maybe I will told later. I think they were looking for a nickname <laughs> because boys with names unusual names like Newman and so on. They tended to get in a lot of fights because <laughs> it's his a masculine environment. Yeah, so they we, gave you soapy. We fought. <laughs> so they gave me soapy. I probably got time, more fights over, Newman, over soapy. Uh, than, yeah, the Newman. Newman. Newman would have probably been pretty popular, though. Paul Newman, right, is what yeah, I think she was. Yeah, that's true. He came along there. Maybe the boys didn't know that, though. I don't though. know if he was... Um, I don't, I don't know when Paul Newman. Was. But then Seinfeld came along. Oh yeah. yeah. Hello Newman. Newman. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah they, we couldn't have that. And so uh, I was five year old soapy dollar, a new boy at the ranch, and um, and then uh, princess. So then a couple of years. Now they were late. very diligent with mm-hmm. Bible studies and uh, and sharing with you all the gospel, oh, yeah. but it didn't quite catch on and resonate with the children um, like it did when you were seven years old. When with I uh, but at a new chaplain. yes, and now now when did princess die? She died in a car accident. Yes, it was when, nineteen. It was either. 57 or 58. Okay. Was it before or after you gave your life to to the Lord? As I remember it, it was just about several months afterwards. Okay. Because it was a great comfort to me uh, in my faith. Because as far as you knew... What they told you, as far as you knew, is, was that Princess was your mother. You did yes. not know that she was not your uh, mother. I still thought of her as a mother, mm-hmm. and I didn't have enough understanding of what? the young boy uh-huh. that 
a fifty-year-old woman couldn't be your mother. <laughs> didn't have a baby. Right. Sure. But, of course, she wouldn't. And Boy Drench knew, but they didn't tell, you. tell me. Mm-hmm. Wh- what happened was when she died in the car accident <laughs> when I was seven or at eight. a radio station. By the way, I don't know what she was at a oh, radio yeah, station. Right. You were pulling into a parking lot. And the radio station in Rodwell, New Mexico. Mexico. Mm -hmm. And her foot slipped off the brake and went on to the accelerator. And drive. And just drove off off a cliff. And so uh, Princess Babe Hawk went to meet the Lord. Well, I, I had just become a believer. I do remember that. And I would just, you might not think a five year old, uh, a seven year old child could be very serious a believer, but I was. I was a serious young believer. Uh, and to the degree I understood doctrine and theology and so on, I, I knew the Lord. And I think I what probably resonated most with you was that personal aspect. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, if nothing else that is who god is to yeah. us that's what he always i think desires yeah. primarily to be to each one of us is our father that's right <laughs> and well, you did I, never had one and so i think that probably was yeah very profound to you yeah well, it's profound in this chaplain wayne roars mm-hmm. was his name uh he was a good godly man and he wrestled and he played with us mm. in basketball and other things, but he taught us the Bible. Mm. And he was the one that actually led me to Christ, but I was under the influence of a young boy rancher, a 16-year-old hoodlum <laughs> named Danny Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Danny was uh, he would at the ranch for a very serious crime, he he's from Denver, uh, Colorado, and he would sit there as a last resort before they would go to prison or uh, so on. So he'd given a chance, and uh, when he was a mean fellow, mm-hmm. Danny was. Uh, when I turned eight, I would put into his dorm Uh-oh. and his room actually. Mm-hmm. And he would pick on us. He would uh, bully us. We'd have to do all his chores for him and so on. But one day, just out of the blue, as far as we're concerned, Danny Fletcher changed. <laughs> he quit cussing. Uh, <laughs> took us a week to understand what he did. <laughs> it's come, his vocabulary changed so much. But he started being attentive to us little boys and taking care of us and tying our shoestring, being gentle. Everybody on the ranch noticed it because Danny was the big man on campus. Mm -hmm. He was rough, tough guy, great Mm -hmm. athlete, good-looking guy, uh, had a lot of girlfriends and so on. And... um, Everybody knows that Denny had changed, and uh, but no one knew why. 
And so the chaplain one Sunday night said, some of you have noticed that Dan Fletcher had changed, and and uh, I thought I'd let him tell you tonight what's going on in his life. And he got up and very calmly, briefly said, I, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And you it was like a little bomb went off. I <laughs> oh. mean, people were just stunned, you know. <laughs> right. And but then that was the beginning of a revival that shook Boyd's Ranch mm-hmm. and shaped it for the next ten or fifteen years. Yeah. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, and it was that influence that led me to Christ. Danny and Danny's still my friend. He lives in Dallas, Texas. Mm. Oh, he's had a good, long, wonderful life serving the Lord in a lot of different places and as a public school teacher. Wow. And uh, he's one of our biggest supporters in our ministry. So uh, that's how I came to Christ uh, beginning, and I started running. I had special things that happened to me that led me to God to change the entire direction of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, little minority, patchy Indian kid, uh, no father, no background, no mother. I could, my life could have been totally different, mm-hmm. but God did hold of me and changed me. Yeah. And now uh, I'm just now finishing up over 50 years on the mission field, mm-hmm. taking me 35, 40 countries of the world, mm-hmm. and it's and been an amazing is, yes. journey. And this is our 23rd. 23rd year on the radio reading the, the Bible, Bible to San Antonio and, and South yes. Texas. And tonight specifically, yeah. we finish up that 23rd tonight we, This around. week we finished up Revolution. 22nd year. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. next week we'll begin our 23rd mm-hmm. time through the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, folks, you are in- invited to go along with us one more time around the horn <laughs> through the Scripture. But I, uh, we'll come back in a moment yes. and we'll talk a little bit about Revelation, which we read yes. this past week. Real quick, I want to, uh, before we, that music starts, um, this is The Bible Live, and that is your host, Soapy Dollar, and this is Stacy, his daughter. I have probably heard that story <laughs> how yeah. many times, so, but it times. never gets old. It is so touching, and it's so sweet, and I think Dad's actually written a little booklet that he's never had published or anything, but it kind of shares his story, and the, he's titled it, God can you change a dollar? <laughs> and I've always thought that was so sweet and uh, um, so uh, appropriate. I mean, so that is what God what does. And did. they said what's really fascinating is going and the teachers and the dorm parents kept notes on the students when they were young. And one of the very early notes was that you were so, you know, he's a good kid, but very isolated, very kind of stiff armed people, very keeps to himself, doesn't really open up much. And I mean, as you can imagine, a five-year-old boy, you start getting close to a family and then 
vroom, you get taken. And then, I mean, 16 families before he was five years old. Makes me a little teary. <laughs> Especially when you think of your grandchildren or your own children. Um, just being passed around so much, you start to, of course, close up. You don't want to get close to anybody. And then when he became, when he gave his life to the Lord... And when the God of the universe became his heavenly father and he found that confidence and that security in him, all of the notes on on Soapy could not have been the more opposite, just kind and open. And I mean, he flourished and blossomed and really did become a new man in Christ. And that's all of us. That really is the story of all of us. Just in your life, maybe really? a little bit more obvious. And everybody yeah. got a story. Yes, that's God right. God found you somehow and brought you to yeah, himself. That's any. Well, we'll be back right after this. That's that is not me singing. <laughs> All right, I would I would probably up the tempo just a smidge. Just a smidge. All right. Well, thank you for playing that and sharing it with yeah. us. Okay. Uh, we are back, and I wonder if I can, Stacy. Uh, I want to invite our listeners to give us a call if they'd like, if they have any questions at all about uh, maybe. My experience that I was telling a little about, yeah. or uh, some experience of their own. Uh, I wanted to talk a little about how God's Word shaped yeah. my life okay. because uh, I came to Christ by this young man named Danny Fletcher, mm-hmm. and Wayne Roars was the chaplain at the ranch. And, um, <laughs> uh, the uh, the gospel began to spread. Boys, all the big guys, the big boys at the ranch started falling in line one after the other, trusting Christ. And the chaplain, the chaplain did one thing. Uh, he knew about an organization yeah. called uh, uh, Bible uh-huh. Memory Association. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he got us enrolled. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were eight of us who signed up, or more maybe signed up, but only eight of us finished the course. And the course was you you would memorize about 12 to 15 verses every week 
for 12 weeks. And if you and you get prizes all along as you complete it. And uh, and then if you complete it, you get to go to a Bible camp uh, called Miracle Camp in Louisiana. And boy, we all thought that'd be great. So boys signed up for it. Danny, Danny was one of them, and I was one of, uh, number eight. Now, so we memorized about 156 or 160 verses uh, in 12-week period in three-month three month time, and we got to go to the camp. Well, we got in station wagons, and the chaplain drove us to the camp. And there it was that I found out. They said, you can't be here, Sophie. You, did, you, you had to be at least 12 years old uh-huh. to even be in this program. And I, I don't know if Wayne Roars knew the rules or not. And Ben But he Roy. said, Aww. well... He's we here. can't do anything now. He's already here. Uh, he's memorized it. Uh, we can't take him back to the ranch. And so they let me stay the week. Aww. And then by the end of the week, uh, I guess I was a good boy and didn't give any <laughs> problems. They said, well, we're going to make an, an, exception, an exception for you. For you. Just you. you. As long as you can do the work. You can keep coming back. That was the beginning of 10 years of memorizing about 150 to 160 verses every year. So I really got into the Word. And this Bible camp, they got some of the most prominent teachers from very big come to teach us. Yeah. And so I grew up listening to these guys teach their way through the Bible. And then, of course, Wayne Roars and Boyd Ranch, they taught us the Bible. We played every Bible game you can imagine, (laughs) Bible baseball, short drills, (laughs) tic-tac-no. We had so many games around around the Bible. So I really learned the word well in and boy, the word shaped mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I still had to grow. I still had to learn, and I still made mistakes on the way. But God, like you said, a big mm-hmm. change was that I, uh, the barrier that I had put up against people and close relationships, uh, began to come down. Because what I noticed was the barrier that I put up. To keep people away with trapping me yes. inside, right. and more and more, I wanted to express myself. I right. wanted to to help the other boys around me, mm-hmm. and and so I didn't. The wall that building was trapping me inside as as well as keeping right. them out, right. and that began to come away, and I began to develop. Uh, a ministering mentality mm-hmm. where I would lead a lot of boys to Christ during, mm-hmm. during as I grew up. It reminds I was there me, 12 yes. years. It reminds me of that 
Um, well, two things. The, there's a fire in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, yeah. I cannot. That's in yeah. Jeremiah 29, I believe. And then, is that 21? And then the other, um, and then that song, the song that we hear, when you know a good old story, you don't let keep it, let it go and say, you talk to your, your children, children as you tuck them into bed. Yeah, I've identified quite strongly over the years now, and I'm not saying it's boastfully at all, uh, but I've identified fairly strongly with Samuel. Okay. You remember? Oh, sure, he, yeah. He was a son. And mm-hmm. Eli, he, Hannah's son. Hannah's Hannah son. Hannah promised to give him to, to him. the Lord uh, in service to the priest, and so he uh, came mm-hmm. under the tutelage of Eli. And uh, from early on, Eli yeah. heard God's voice. Uh, Samuel heard God's voice. Yeah. Samuel thought it was Eli. Yeah. Eli, uh, the third time of being woken up, said, I think this is God. <laughs> you, <laughs> you go, next go, time they hear my sin, send me, Lord. <laughs> yes. What do you want? Mm-hmm. Well, that's how I oh. began my journey. I preached uh, my first sermon when I was about 12 years old. They had to put a, a shelf in the pulpit I could stand on to get up. Oh, I would have loved to hear that. (laughs) I've heard that. That's sweet. Uh, So it's been a long journey from there to uh, I went on to college with the Cal Farley, the first Cal Farley Memorial Scholarship and uh, then joined Campus Crusade Mm -hmm. staff with Suzanne, your mother, Mm -hmm. And we've been 50 years now on the mission field. Mm -hmm. And and it's been a tremendous, exciting journey. And it still is. Mm -hmm. What we get to do now out at Lackland, the Air Force Base is tremendous. Um, Huge numbers of men and women that Um, we've been able to share with uh, over over these last 12, 15 years. What uh, what year did Cal Farley die? He died in 1967. 67. And you were a pallbearer. And, and, and it was a big, I mean, funeral. this was a, it was yeah. a big, big funeral. Yeah, he was, was very well was known in Amarillo, especially in. funeral yeah. Amarillo yeah. had ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a good man, a great man. And according to Wayne Roars, uh, uh his testimony, he had the opportunity to lead Cal Farley Aww, to faith in Christ wow, that as was well. Lame. Who was your? Uh, who stood in as your parents at your wedding? At the wedding? At your? Oh, it, it was Cal Farley's daughter Mimi, and her, uh, husband. her husband. Okay, neat. Uh, I would uh, mention one thing when I. Uh, when I went to uh, Babe Hawk, when I went to her funeral, uh, her daughter and her right. husband mm-hmm. came to the funeral as well in New Mexico, and they wanted to adopt me. Mm-hmm. But Boyd Ranch talked them out of it, and they said, well, he's adapted so well toward yeah. the ranch, and he's healthy, and he." He's happy. Yes, he finally has some stability. stability. Mm -hmm. We we suggest that you leave him at the ranch. And they did. They were very gracious. And they agreed to do that. Mm -hmm. And 
Bull Court Board's Ranch, and they knew that I would not really legally, and uh, I would not, not really uh, her uh, brother. brother. Mm-hmm. I thought it was still. I still didn't understand didn't make that about connect. family, but they were the one that told me when I was about eighteen or nineteen. Mm-hmm. The story that you're not really right. our mother was really not your mother, and that she had and got that you from the, the reservation, the Apache girl, mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. And so I learned. But that also, from them. I'll just we'll do one more little note, and then I have. A, I was going to read something in Revelation, okay. and then we can maybe segue and sure, go into we'll Revelation. Get into yeah, but I am. I have always heard that. So after you graduated, and then after you were even married, you got it into maybe look up and see who that uh, daughter was. You kind of had remembered her, and you'd found a phone number in all of the oh, notes yeah. that Boys Ranch had given yeah. you when you left the ranch. And so it was this, and you thought, well, surely there's not, surely this phone number doesn't work anymore. Who knows how old this is. Yeah. But, I was out in New Mexico okay. at the mm-hmm. reservation mm-hmm. and we were making inquiries and to try and figure out. Okay. trying to figure out who mm-hmm. it might have been. Mm-hmm. And I read in this material, like you said, Honeybee uh, Boys Hotel Ranch, or something. Boys Ranch had printed Notes. out all the paperwork right. they had on me. Mm-hmm. And these were old records. This is mid, mid-80s. And there was a, a name, uh, Claudia Sanford, uh-huh. and a phone number. Uh-huh. And and uh, I decided, well, I think I'll just call that number. Who knows? I don't know who <laughs> this is. It's probably not even a good number. Right. 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And so I called that phone number, and it rang. Uh-huh. Uh, first, that was my first surprise. <laughs> it worked. And then somebody answered the phone and said, this is the Honey Bee Inn. <laughs> Can I help you? I said, well, is there a Claudia Sanford there? And and uh, the, she said, well, just a moment, and I'll get her. And I was totally surprised because I didn't expect it. And this woman comes on the phone, Claudia, and she said, this is Claudia. Can I help you? And I said, well, uh, I, I don't know. Is your mother, was your mother named Princess Babe Hawk. And she said, well, yeah. And I I said, well, did you ever know about her coming into possession uh, when she was living in Albuquerque? Her, She came into possession okay. of a little Apache Indian baby. And she said, she paused, well, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I happened to be staying with her at, at the time. And that's what the Boydrin noted said. Claudia Tanford may have been pregnant at Boyd's oh, birth. Oh, wow. And she said, yeah, I happened to be staying with my mother at that time. And she, I remember she brought home that little baby. It, just a baby. And I never know where she got him, I never know where the baby came from or anything. Or where it went. But yeah, and where the never knew what happened to that uh-huh. baby. Uh, and and uh, I said, "You know anything about the birth?" He said, "No, I don't know who the mother was uh-huh. or anything." She just had that baby, 
But I've always wondered what happened to that baby. <laughs> so we talked a little bit longer, and I, she obviously didn't know any specifics. Mm -hmm. And so I thanked her, and I started to hang up. I said, thank you very much. And, and uh, she said, wait a minute, before you hang up, I want you to know that I'm a Christian, and all my life, I have prayed for that baby. That, <laughs> that was a, that was a slug tears. in the stomach. I mean, really, uh, I was shocked. Then I told her that, about that I was a Christian, too. And that you're a that baby. <laughs> and I was that baby. And, and, of course, we both cried a lot. And so you you didn't get to meet her. Did your brother? No, did. I never got to meet her. Next summer, we yes. stopped by uh, and that Aww. phone call was from uh, the Apache Reservation to Gastonia, uh, South Carolina, nor or North One Carolina, of the North Carolina, I think. Aww. Well, wow. it's so sad. I've always loved that because I think that uh, even when you didn't have, I, I just think of, you know, the uh, Moses in the basket, right? Yeah. There's always this unseen worker, this hand that is prov of providence moving in people's lives. I think of, you know, Prince Caspian. Or, uh, or, no, sorry, the horse and his boy. Remember when little Shasta yeah. and Aslan pushes the basket just to the fisherman's ledge? Um, that he's always moving, he's always working, even when you didn't necessarily. And the role of prayer yeah, in that process. Yeah. And that she did not know, there was nothing really she could do, she didn't, but she could pray. And the power of those prayers, and who knows that she's not the reason. I mean, that he moved, that he. He, he was moved by her prayers well, to was, work for, on your was, behalf. Yes. When I found out that was a right. powerful impetus yeah. for me. Right. It explained a lot for me what God, how right. God had worked in my life, mm -hmm. and what because I, I had begun to question, well, why God? Why did you find me? What? What? Aww. Why? Did, why yeah. too great? Too good? What? Why? Mm -hmm. And I, this was the answer. Aww. Someone prayed for Somebody's me. Somebody's praying. I love that song. Uh, Somebody's praying. I can feel it. Somebody's praying over me. Mighty hands are guiding me. Sorry, but protecting me from what I can't Amen. see. Lord, yeah, right, I believe right, somebody's right. praying for me. I like to encourage yeah. you people with that to pray for the people that they care about. And even strangers, if they want to, just I used to stand up here in the studio, and I'd pray for these cars going up and down the freeway. Lord, the person <laughs> that's in that car, would you bless it? Bring them to yourself, Lord. Isn't uh, that fun? The, the, yeah, what he, what we get crazy, to do, guess, but fun. Right. Well, I guess I just wanted to emphasize that or ask you about because I mean you've got God's word and the role of Bible and Scripture memorization, and then prayer and the role of prayer that was happening in your life. And we will go into Revelation. I wanted to read just this opening part of Revelation. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant, John, 
who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a wonderful passage? Yes, Revelation 1. And this was, let's see, that last verse three there. But uh, that I think that that's a big reason why you You're continue to read yeah. Scripture, the power of Scripture in people's lives, in your own life, and the power yeah. of um, that spoken word and just prayer and praying Scripture and understanding. And, uh, and the Bible mm-hmm. itself mm-hmm. coming out. Over the airways. Now, I would love to go back to do that, but it becomes so expensive airtime that we moved it to the internet. But if people, if there's someone out there who would share that vision, I, I would get right back on the air and would have the Bible once again mm-hmm. read over the open airway mm-hmm. to cross San, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I'll be glad to do it. I did that for, let's see, 2001 till 2013, 10, 12 years there. Now we've been on the Internet since 2015. But it's enough people wanted to hear the Scriptures once more over the airwaves, I have recorded the New Living Translation, and we can put the readings out to get let people once more hear God's word each weeknight, Monday through Friday, hear the scriptures and and call in about them and so on. But so if you <laughs> if that resonates with your soul and you would like to help us put the Bible back on the airwaves. We'll do it. And this was not planned, help. by the way. Huh? <laughs> this was not planned, by oh, the way. Yeah, this it's <laughs> not planned. We just brought it up. But, but, but yes, I would love you, to yeah. t- see that again. And either way. I remember yes. when the Bible was out there, people calling in, crying, weeping at times, impacted by, boy, that's the Bible. Mm-hmm. That, the, that's just the Bible yeah. itself. Yeah, and uh, it's a rich experience. It's well, really yes, is. and either way, we should give the website real quick. It's just thebiblelive dot com or biblelive dot com, and that is where you can go to listen to the to the readings. And then, of course, yes, if you would love to donate or um, just find out any more information, you can also go there as well for that. So, biblelive dot com or thebiblelive dot com. We are in Revelation. Let's get let's. Let's do dive yeah, in. Yeah, we'll dive into, uh, well, I will talk about Malachi real quick. Oh, yes, that's right. We've got the Zechariah last and Malachi. Uh-huh. For uh, 400 years of silence. Okay. And Malachi, it, it's a great passage, a great uh, prophetic book. Uh, they had a problem that he dealt with, uh, got them back to giving their offerings and supporting their priests. And supporting the the, uh, the the temple and so on. He's the one that predicted the coming of the Messiah, but but uh, he said a prophet like Elijah mm-hmm. was going to precede the coming of the, the disciple of, of the Messiah, 
And so Malachi predicts uh, the forerunner, John the Baptist, who came before Jesus. Mm -hmm. It was Malachi who predicts him. 400 years later, John the Baptist fulfills that prophecy and welcomes the Messiah into his, his public ministry. So, um, great, great book, Malachi. But we did read Revelation that that wicked well. And so, uh, Sagey, you, you're going to explain the book of Revelation. <laughs> oh, yes. To, I have all, people, all right? of the answers <laughs> on Revelation. Um, well, I will say, though, one of my favorite, uh, one of, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you know, okay, I'll, I'll, we'll do this quick or I'll say this quick because I think we're about to hit our music and, and for our last break, but we've got one minute. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, I, there was a little bit of a, a time when, when all, when it, when it comes down and you kind of get to the bottom of the barrel, right? You've got all these questions at the end of the day, I think there's this, but why there's still a question of why did he do it? Um, and why did he create me? You know, I, and I almost would get angry with God a little bit. Um, and I finally came to terms with, well, you just don't know yet. <laughs> and I kept on wanting to like go, well, God, it's not worth it. I didn't ask to be born. Nobody, you didn't, I didn't ask to be put into this situation. I still don't see why it's so great. You know, why, what's the benefit of having been born or being alive? You know, kind of that Ecclesiastics, Ecclesiastes approach. But um, I had to resolve that because I just don't know yet. It's not the end yet. And to hang in there. Okay, that is our music. So I'm going to finish that thought actually when we come back. But that is to me what Revelation um, helps with so much. And I'm going to, of course, read that sweet patch in yes, from 21. My favorite song, It Will Be Worth It All. It Will Be Worth It All. Oh, exactly, right? Yes. Well, this is the Bible Live. That's our music. We're going to take our last break, and we will be right back with the book of Revelation. Blood. And in simple faith. 
Bible life. Oh, that is, I, uh, I remember when I was really young. Oh, well, young, yeah, 10, 10 11. This is one of my favorite little hymns, little songs, choruses to sing. Um, because it is so simple, and I think this is great. It picks up right where, uh, kind of a good lead-in to where I left off, which was that one of my struggles, though, maybe college or rather, was um, at the end of the day, I just still didn't quite understand why, and I was t- I was kind of a little angry, I would say. It was just sort of an anger as to, I still, I didn't, I didn't ask, you know, I didn't, ask to be born and I, and I know that we should consider life I knew at, the, at least at the time in theory we should consider life a gift and a wonderful thing and I mean this is and yet I was hot you know that just that del- and um, and I, I just had to remind myself and I think what I finally came to is you just it's just not over yet Stacy <laughs> you know and and to remember that uh, and what always would come to is no eye has seen, no ear has um, heard what he has in store for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it really is, and I love that, just is so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word. And I think that that was the moment that the key the, of promise, the um, that covenant, that promise, that's the first time that I think, God's promises. And of course, who am I to be saying God, you know, to, to put God in the dock, right? To put God on trial in terms of why he did any of it. So I know I was being pretty brazen, but I, I wasn't being obnoxious. I, I, I wasn't angry with God. Um, I hope not in a prideful way. No. There was a humility to it. I knew I was wrong, if that makes it, but I wasn't, I didn't feel it. That's for certain. And I think what God just pressed in on me was, well, trust me, trust me. You just haven't seen it yet. We just haven't gotten there yet. It will happen. And his trust, his promise. And that promise, like you said, it just in the break is that God is calling out a people for himself. I will be their God and they will be my people. And then this is what I love when I would teach out at Lackland in the very first alpha class, sometimes I would have them, hey, you know, Chris, uh, here's your Bibles, and uh, everybody had one, and let's, you know, can you go to the very end? We're going to we're gonna cheat a little bit and read the very end first to just see what happens. And, um, and I always loved that chapter 21. Um, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone, and I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. And here's that sweet verse. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. 
And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all of these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. And it just, it's, it's, it's a sweet, that's, that's where we're headed. <laughs> that is, that is the, uh, uh, that is the end. He has accomplished it already. And we can't quite imagine it. We don't know what that, but it, what it's gonna, ultimately, you know, gonna look like, but it will, but he will wipe away every tear. There will be no more death, no more pain, no more sadness. And to just trust him and trust his promise of that and that it will be worth it. I will no longer, I won't have any questions of, uh, uh, you know, why God did you, why did you do it? Um, and that, that's, uh, that's a, to be able to, to trust that and then to, to greet each day with that promise and that assurance uh, just it does something it frees a person you can oh, live yeah. in freedom and part of it too Stacy as a young girl growing up and me as a young boy young man mm-hmm. and everyone every one of us at some point um, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say but the Bible gives us a tremendous, beautiful overview of God's redemptive plan carried out through history, right. what God is doing. We get to know God and his ways, mm-hmm. the way God deals and how he's working with us. And um, I think that is, I tell, I, I a Bible study this afternoon with a bunch of young professionals. And, of course, uh, our studies at Lackland with the Air Force and so on. Uh, I had a young man ask me why I had a question and answer period with him. And he said, "Why, why do bad things happen to good people? My, you know, the same question yes. Habakkuk asked, <laughs> right. you know. Yes. And I he right. said, my grandmother uh, loves the Lord. She's known him and been faithful to him so many years. But now uh, she's had a stroke and mm. she mm. Uh, uh, she's losing her memory. And oh. why, why, why is it happening to her? She's just a good person. And that's a very common question. Why do bad things happen to good people? And I think a lot of young people, a lot of problems that people face in life come from that wondering why and and wanting to have an explanation. Mm -hmm. In the first place, we as human beings don't like to live by faith. <laughs> we want to know right. all the answers now right. in this moment right. immediately. We, we, we don't naturally live by faith mm-hmm. or comfortably walk by faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
for one thing. And then secondly, the answers are quite often not easy to explain. Right. If God yes. tried to uh, explain all these things. And that's one of the things that we can, you've talked about how the king, um, God's, yes. God's glory to God's, hide, conceal uh-huh. himself uh-huh. and man's joy, the king's joy, it's to discover uh-huh. him. Yes. And part of our process is dis- yeah. discovering God right. and learning more and more about this process mm-hmm. that God is following. And as you get clearer about God's character and God's attributes, who God is, and His ways, how He's working and what He's doing, the right. process, right. the more familiar you become with that, the easier it becomes just trust him. Right. Because you'll see that a lot of times after some experiences like those that you've talked about, mm-hmm. you have a, a sad or difficult experience mm-hmm. and you go through it and somehow God brings something good out of it mm-hmm. and accomplishes something wonderful out of it. And then you've learned an important lesson. Mm-hmm. The, the, we don't know all the answers. We don't know right. what uh, what wonderful good is going to come out right. of a given situation. And see, in my mind, I couldn't imagine anything being that great at worth all of the pain that it took to get to to something great. And so in my mind, it was like, well, I mean, wonderful. Heaven, fantastic, great. But, I mean, you have all of this in its wake. I, wouldn't it have just, like, mm-hmm. just made more sense to not do any of it? <laughs> like, why the garden? Why any of it? Why? And uh, that's, I think, the, what Revelation paints is that it is like it's 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 far more than you can even imagine he's doing something that you have no and believe just trust me it's worth it (laughs) i had not seen nor had you heard heard. the glory the wonder that god had to prepare for those that love him his people yes Cause it's my, gonna yes, be exactly. Because it's probably true. Nothing that I could imagine would be worth it for that. <laughs> but he's got something so in store that we just cannot even, and we just have to just, you just have to trust. You just have to trust. Um, and I always, of course, love that ultimately, I mean, what is, it's that, um, you know, that that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that lay before him. And that joy didn't have to do with things so much or the absence of pain or this or that. It was it was relationship. It was a relational. The joy that was set before was us, was 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 him in when and being in relationship him bridging that divide that, between almost yes inconceivable right. that he loved us right. that much right we were that joy mm-hmm. that gave he endured yes. the cross 
And that, that, I mean, we, and so, you know, sometimes when I think I'm, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to, again, to imagine. Uh, and yes, maybe stuff or things or beauty or awesomeness, awe, I'm sure is a big part of it. But more than that, I think it's that we have no idea how our heart's capacity and that and and what that will be when it is actually fulfilled, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And and when I say fulfilled, in other words, with in, with in relationship with our Creator, yeah. I mean that's what we it, long it's for. Beyond our imagination in <laughs> reality. The greatness and the beauty of God Himself, mm-hmm. and then the realm that we will inhabit with Him, right. and the wonder and the glory and the joy mm-hmm. of being united in that one that's brought into that right. oneness relationship th- that the Trinity had enjoyed, the Father, right. Son, and Spirit has been enjoyed forever, mm-hmm. will be brought into it with our God and we to each other and God's people, right. all the redeemed through the ages. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's just, <laughs> just imagining, just imagining it, trying to imagine it, and dwelling on it itself is almost worth it. <laughs> all right, and we have Alan on the line. Oh, talk with him. Alan is going to join us. Thank you, Alan, for joining us. <laughs> I'd, okay. like to, I'd like to hear your thought. We've been talking about the book of Revelation, not going into detail about all the, the prophecy and so on, but the idea of seeing it as a culmination, the final mm-hmm. culmination of God's redemptive plan through the ages, which is what I think is the major major theme. Sometimes we get all wrapped up in every little prophetic detail and what we think this means and that means. But the the real glory of it it how it, how it ends, how yeah. God had one day going to bring it all to, to an end and a glorious, glorious mm-hmm. finale that we would share with him. Now, I'm wondering what has kind of sparked you to call in and what did you, you want to share with us? Well, I, I don't really have a specific Bible question. Revelation is it, still a little bit confusing to me, but uh, I'm trusting in Jesus that he, all is all the prophecies and that have that have uh, already been fulfilled, I know it. Mm-hmm. What what he's planning in the future is going to happen as well. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, what what I wanted to share is now that you've finished reading through the whole Bible. Yeah. And on Monday you'll start with Genesis again. In the beginning, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the big inning. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um. I I get up in the morning and I I I I I've, I got this routine where I I turn on listen to Jay Vernon McGee mm-hmm. and then I and I turn you you on. Aww. That's, that's you, how Alan. I start my day. 
Thank you, Joy. And, uh, and That's uh, a blessing pre- for me to hear that. I appreciate what you're doing, what you have been doing, and continue to do. Mm. Well, Jay Vernon, he he's a joy to listen to as well, isn't he? He he just he got that plain spoken though, and he just takes the scriptures that kind of logical, clear way. I love to hear him preach. He's good. Uh, he takes it to the Bible in, I think, five years. Isn't that right? right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Alan, how many years is this? Uh, so will this, is this the end? Have you done one year in the Word this year? Is, uh, well, is I just kind of like second year. So this is, oh, wow, Alan, that's great. Uh, the, first, the, first, the first year I, 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 I didn't get, wasn't able to get all the way through it. I had to kind of mm-hmm. uh, right. skip some some sections, but this oh. year I was pretty consistent. Well, you know, wow, uh, the third great. year, something really cool gets starts to happen. It, it's been my experience and hearing from others as well. Something happens in kind of the third year. All of a sudden, things fall into place, and my wife said that uh, she finally. The, uh, I think you're thinking of say? me. No, I said it. <laughs> I'm not going to let mom get credit for this. Oh, but, yeah, okay, but once you, you um, when you she live said, in a city, she said something about finally. Uh, she began to be able to rightly divide the word. Oh, no, that was after my mom. <laughs> third, on that third year. So uh, let's do it again, Alan, and let's see what <laughs> okay. the Lord teaches us I'm, this I'm, year. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. All right. <laughs> that's <laughs> Thank awesome, you, brother. Alan. That's Thank you for that. That's kind to know you're out okay. there. Yeah, that's neat. Encouraging. Well, my thought on the third year um, was, so living in a new city, uh, whenever, so I've lived in New York and then Los Angeles and then San Antonio. And so this is, you know, three, three big cities. Um, but it, it went by time in LA. Oh, I had just moved there. Maybe I'd been there about a year and I had a friend and it still didn't quite, you know, feel like home, of course, and, uh, still getting to know things, but I was eager for it to start feeling more familiar and a little bit more at home. And a friend said, oh, well, I have found that it takes three years before you start to really feel like uh, a place is home. Oh, that's... And I think that that is the same with this, with the Bible reading. It takes about three years for you to start really learning the streets, <laughs> the pronunciation. <laughs> right. But it's more than, but it, you know, it's more, it's, yeah. a, but a little bit of it really is that. I mean, mm-hmm. just truly, I mean, Mephibosheth and Melchizedek. And these are some crazy pronunciations. And so, you know, that first year, you're just kind of getting a lay of the land. And by that third year, you start to, like you said, really see God's patterns and his ways. And in terms of revelation, that is a lot of actually these patterns and numbers. And it's almost as if John is just very, very familiar now with God's ways and the, the the rhythms and the ways that he works and the, and you start to see that in, in the vision and in exactly revelation right. writing. And so 
But I, I, I do think that year three is a lot of fun, it, and it just gets more fun every year. Thank but, you, uh, Alan, for yeah. calling in. That... <laughs> I don't know if he's still on. Oh, he's okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, Alan, so much. That was fun to hear. Uh, but speaking... But I'll take a quick word about okay. Revelation. Instead of going and trying to find what that means, this means something, when he's coming. Right, Okay. Take it that John is writing uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And of chapter 5, it's glorious. No one is found who is worthy to open that scroll. And and John is saddened, weeping. And and the angel says, don't weep. The lamb is Mm -hmm. worthy to open the scroll. And so he opens up and begins to share uh, the the redempted plan of God with humanity. We have these we these cycles of, of sin and judgment on the humanity. You know, you have the bowls and the harps and the angels, and you have these cycles that go on. And then you have the dragon and the story of. Mary and the child and mm-hmm. the Messiah come, and then you, uh, and then they go toward the culmination that that evil is judged and that Satan yeah. destroyed mm-hmm. and, and God's people with him forever, mm-hmm. and that patches the scripture, eighty two times in the Bible it says, they will be, I will be the God, they will be my people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it comes up again. So if you look at the book that way, it'll be it's a glorious journey right. through the whole redemptive plan of God and the culmination with joy beyond imagination. This mm-hmm. this uh, uh, what you try to put into words to get a vision of. Right. It, it, it's going to be. Mm, <laughs> and, and the funny Thanks thing, I, I now that I'm older, I spend a great, I have spent a pretty good amount of time meditating and thinking about what it must be like that second when my eyes close in death. What is the next moment going to be like? Right. You know, uh, I'll still sense. Things I will still quote see things, but I won't have eyeballs. I will perceive <laughs> things in that spiritual realm. We'll, we'll perceive our God in the glorious realm. I know, and evidently, it's going to be so magnificent that maybe even a lot of our earthly memories will be. Changed by by the first thing we see, mm. by seeing glory, mm-hmm. that's going to bring a reinterpretation mm-hmm. of, of all of our existence. When we see the way the end, what He had planned for us. Well, that is the end of this year Maybe <laughs> in Scripture. When Jesus comes back. Maybe that second coming, we know He will. He has promised. 
Uh, thank you so much for joining us. This is The Bible Live, and we'll be back next week in Genesis to start again. Have a wonderful week. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.